Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, stats-focused podcast about UGA football. I'm Justin. And I'm Nathan. And today, Nathan is out in NOLA, eating beignets and tooting his trombone, hanging out with the UGA Bulldogs right before they take on the Texas Longhorns. So, I just want to say that's that's slanderous because I've never once in my life played trombone. How dare you? <laughs> how how dare you? I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we're out here. I am sitting in the hotel lobby of the Riverside Hilton. Uh, we are in the same hotel as everybody. They put everybody in the same hotel, pretty much like all the UJ. I think like the big wigs from the university are here. So it's definitely trying to like look good and be on my best behavior right now. Of course. Of course. Um, sitting here looking at the mighty Mississippi, drinking <laughs> some Cafe Dumont coffee. How long did you uh, wait in line pretty- for Cafe Dumont? Uh, well, you know, the secret is like this morning we went really early, but there's one on the Riverwalk in the mall mm-hmm. and it serves the same stuff. And it was like a 15 minute wait. Very I mean, good. I've waited for like an hour and a half for it. And it's worth it. Oh, for I just sure. bought my I just bought my wife a coffee cup. Cool. She knows that I, I let her pick it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like she was there the whole dang time. Yeah, but, she's uh, been getting a lot of pictures. So it is Monday afternoon. This is just going to be a, a quick Chapel Bell Curve light. So we're going to go over just the stats preview of this uh, this this big game and everything. We're going to get some uh, scoop of what Nathan's seeing, boots on the ground style, and kind of talk about what to expect. So we can get right into it if you're ready. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, I think we can. I think we should also take a moment before we get into everything and talk. There's a couple of little news items yep, yep, yep. that are, I think, worth worth talking about. First off is that Mark Richt has retired at Miami. Um, right, it's not really not, not really relevant to like the Chapel Belker brand. And we're not necessarily like a news podcast. But, you know, I think it's worth noting that um, Mark Richt took what had been sort of a moribund program and turned it into a consistent winner. And actually, if anything, was a victim of his own success at UGA. And mm-hmm. I can't say enough about every experience I've had with him has been just amazing. Um, and he's, he was like genuinely all of the stuff that you hear told, uh, told about Mark Richt as a human. I mean, it's real. He, he was, he was a great guy. Um, my sister, when I got married, my sister sent him his office an email asking for a signed photo for our wedding. And he sent us a signed photo and like a handwritten note about like, like they asked about our story and he was like, I'm so, you know, I met my wife early in life and marriage is such a blessing. And I'm so happy that you two have this too. It was very awesome. So I, and he was so always so good to the band. So I just can't, I just wanted to say, you know, not that he's dead or anything, but in a, in a moment where he is stepping back from football, uh, he was just a great guy. And honestly, probably he's going to have a pretty awesome post football career. I'm imagining. I'm sure. Yeah. Whatever he ends up doing, I'm sure he'll be the same Mark Richt that we all know and love. So Yeah. I think anyway. that's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So with that in mind, let's kind of take a look at the Texas Longhorns. And I'll be throwing the stats today because Nathan is, of course, in the hotel lobby. And so uh, I'll run down what we kind of looking at. So UGA... I don't have the stats machine. You do not have the right stats now. machine in front of you. It's not very It's not very portable. No. <laughs> so looking at over this quick uh, statistical profile for Georgia post-SEC championship, we are still the third S&P Plus ranked team. Offensively third, defensively 16th. Special teams coming in at 27. Um, Texas, they are overall 36 S&P Plus ranked. Their offensive is 28th, defense 55th, special teams 63rd. So just right off the top, what do you see, Nathan? What do you think? Um, you know, this is a Texas team that has a lot of talents. 
in specific places on the field. Mm -hmm. Um, It is not a top to bottom as talented a Texas team. I don't think you would, you know, as good as Sam Ellinger is very good, but he is not Jake Fromm. And they have a, you know, there are individual positions on the field where you might say, okay, well, Texas is as talented as um, UGA, but I don't think that there's a unit on the field where they are as talented as us. You know, this is going to be a game. I, I mean, this is sort of like, I would say my overall thousand foot takeaway on this game is as we've come up to it and I've been thinking about it is this is going to be a game that, Oh, uh, the team's walking through the hotel. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's just got on this. They, they, I think they're about to head out to their walkthrough. It's about three something uh, simple time right now. It is currently uh three And I think they're going to go to the Superdome for their walkthrough. Anyway. So cool. Um, so yeah, this is a Texas team that, you know, very, very talented wide receiving core. One of the more talented wide receiving cores we've played this year. I mean, aside from uh, Alabama, probably the most talented. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a very good quarterback. I would say he's sort of in the mold of, you know, early Tim Tebow slash Nick Fitzgerald, like a uh, very talented runner can make some passes downfield. Not maybe what you would think of as like a precision quarterback that's going to run. Uh, he, the whole offense runs through him, but it kind of runs through his feet. He gets tough yards after contact. He's real gritty. I mean, he he is, if you look at him, Sam Ellinger is like the er Texas quarterback. He's like gritty and he's like a big game and he's like a beautiful, he's like a really good looking guy. And, you know, <laughs> he, he's basically just right out of like Friday Night Lights Central Casting. I'm very um, into that. Yeah. But, you know, also there have been times this year when he's led them on very big drives and have been able to get stuff moving with his feet. But I think he's kind of similar to Nick Fitzgerald, where if you can make him pass, he's limited. Not that he's a bad passer, but when he can't threaten you with his feet, if you can shut that down, down that element of his game, he's not going to lead you. He, he's going to have a, Oh, here comes more of the thing. Um, he's going to have a, <laughs> a pretty hard time leading like a 45 second vintage shake from two minute drill drive. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. Alternatively, you know, they do have a lot of, they have a lot of talent on the outside. Lil Jordan Humphrey is an excellent explosive slot wide receiver. Uh, they're very deep at uh, wide receiver. They've got a couple of pretty good running backs. Um, defensively, I would say the strength. Of, so they're kind of, it's been a weird defense for them this year. Um, the strength of this defense ostensibly was the uh, secondary they've recorded. They, they had like probably one of the best secondary recruiting classes in history last year. Um, like four or five, four stars and two, two or three, four, five stars and just in the secondary alone. Um, and at, they are very talented and they're very tall, very long. They have some very star corners, but throughout the year, they've gotten got a couple of times for lack of a better term. They got rung up pretty good by Oklahoma the second time. You know, they've had, they had, you know, the three losses coming into the big 12 championship. And then all three of their losses, one of the common themes was that this team just got thrown on. So while they have a lot of talent it is definitely an experienced talent. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't really think there's much else about this team. Uh, you know, there are names to know. Dicker the kicker. That's he's an awesome story. He's like a freshman kicker yeah, who's yeah. made some really big kicks this year. Has a great name. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think that's you know, just about all you need to know from a non-statistical perspective. What does this team look like? Do you have any more of the 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 dialed in five factors? You want to give us a five factor comparison here? Oh yeah, I'm gonna throw these five factors at you real quick. Ready? Yeah, hit me. All right, so we know we know Georgia's situation pretty well. I'm gonna actually hit Georgia's as compared to when we get into like the the nitty gritty of it. So I'm gonna throw the, okay. the Texas offensive and defense at you, and then we'll just talk about what's important from a Georgia standpoint. Um, and so Texas right now on offense efficiency, their success rate is 32nd. Their marginal efficiency is 22nd. 
their explosiveness. ISO PPP is one twelfth, marginal explosiveness one thirteenth. So big drop off in explosiveness. So this is like you just just said. This is a team that's going to get bits and pieces. He's going to beat you with his legs uh, if he can't beat you in the air. Uh, field yeah. position hundredth uh, on average field position points per scoring opportunity thirty fourth. So they're doing a pretty good job of actually getting down the field successfully. The expected turnover mm-hmm. margin is twenty third. Actual turnover margin is twenty second. So. With that in mind, the pieces that I would look at right now would be how poor this team is explosive because on defense, Georgia's, of course, fifth and eighth uh, with ISO PPP and marginal explosiveness to Texas's 112 and 113. That is a fifth and eighth on uh, defensively on explosiveness. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Against Texas's 112th and 113th offensively. Yeah. I, I, I think to me, that's kind of the core of this game is. You know, a lot of that fifth-ranked explosiveness defense is the fact that we just didn't have to worry about one side of the field with DeAndre Baker. Mm -hmm. And he's not playing in this game. And I think that was actually smart. I support that decision. DeAndre Baker has nothing else left to prove to anybody, including anybody at UGA. So I don't want to hear any of that. But, you know, I mean, it is a concern in the sense that a lot of that fifth-ranked defense, uh, you know, prevention of big plays comes from... DeAndre Baker. So there's a question as to whether or not Texas can exploit that. Now, alternatively, you're right. You, you don't get the 112th ranked explosiveness offense by being just okay at it, that they have been bad in the same way that Sam Ellinger is sort of a Nick Fitzgerald type for the good. He's also sort of a Nick Fitzgerald type for the bad, where he'll have a wide open receiver streaking downfield because he has so much talent in his wide receiver core and he just overthrows him or underthrows him by five yards. Mm -hmm. And so I think really that, you know, the question to me in this game, and we can go over more of the stats going forward. But the question to me, one of the big questions to me is, what do Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell look like? Because Eric Stokes has had taken over kind of later in the year, and he's looked very good. He's a little bit undersized. He doesn't have sort of the classical like five-star cornerback uh, build, but he's played great. And on the other hand, Tyson Campbell, the sort of Uber recruit, has admitted that he has been confused in coverage over the past few years, uh, the past few weeks, and lost his starting spot. So if Tyson Campbell can just be serviceable i think we should be good against these guys and and honestly i think if this team shows up i think we're going to be we're going to win this game pretty handily you know yeah. and i don't mean show up as in get off the bus i mean if we choose to play a game at the standard that we are capable of playing at it's not going to be close no not at all now there's no there's no guarantee that that's going to happen we 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 have the tools in place to uh, take advantage of this uh, of this offense. Well, what are the defensive five factor scores? So this Texas team defensively success rate is ninetieth, and their marginal efficiency is seventy fourth. ISO PPP is seventy fourth. Their marginal explosiveness is seventy second. Their average field position is fifty seventh on defense. Points per scoring points per scoring opportunity. Excuse me, forty first, and their turnover luck is coming in at point six. So the, yeah, the so, pieces that you would want to look at immediately would be the, um, I would say the efficiency piece with uh, yeah. Georgia's offense being ranked third across the board. And did you just did you just pull these stats or do you have the advanced bot? Do you have the advanced stat profiles up right now? Yeah, I'm looking at them both. Well, scroll down and uh, give me by and I checked this earlier, so I'm kind of this is kind of a leading question. But can you give me the the specific breakdowns for their uh, defensive uh, efficiency and expo- uh, explosiveness for running, the rushing? Um, so rushing marginal explosiveness 31st opportunity rate is 83rd defensively their stuff rate is 31st defensively so the, here's the thing and, and and this is kind of something i wanted to think about is if you look at what we did to alabama in the rushing attack and it, we had a pretty good game i mean despite the way that game ended we had a pretty good game re- rushing wise against them 
Um, and that was against one of the better rushing defenses in the nation. This this rushing defense is just average to below average. And I think really that is where we have the advantage. Yeah. I don't know that they're going to be able to stop this rushing attack. Um, you know, 83rd rushing efficiency is is good. It's I mean, it's a below average, but it would be okay against most teams, but not against this team. We are going to run the hell out of the ball. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, one one little tidbit I do have about a rushing attack is I have I have not confirmed this, but it appears to me that James Cook is not going to play. Um, I literally just saw him and he was in a boot on one of those little wheelie. Oh, uh, gotcha. Uh, wheelie things. Um, little scooter guys. Little scooters. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure he's not going to play. So that does cut into our uh, cut into our watching our um, the depth a little bit. But, you know, this very well could be Elijah Holyfield's last game in a Georgia uniform. So I expect to see a good game out of a rushing attack. And I think sort of even if we are getting lit up in the secondary, which I don't think is that likely, but it is possible with their depth at wide receiver. I think that we can lean on the fact that we are going to be able to move the ball on the ground against them. And if this has to be a boring Alabama, like, you know, 2008 vintage Alabama crockpotting where we just sort of like are up by 10 the whole time and it doesn't feel very close. I feel like Kirby's going to be pretty comfortable with that. Yeah. Hey, keep that little tidbit information about Elijah Holyfield um, relevant in your head for just a moment. Cause I want to come back around to that and talk about other players that might be announcing following this game. Um, sure. But before we get there, let's talk about real quick, the predictions of this game. I will give you the uh, box score for this game when it's predicted to come out to you. And then we can go into predictions if you'd like. Sure. So once again, uh, Texas's S&P plus rank overall is 36th to our third. We are predicted to win this game. Uh, 86% of all scenarios, we win this game by 18.3 points is what we're looking at. So mm-hmm. how do you feel about this game? Give me, paint me a picture. Paint me a word picture, Nathan. Um, You know, I'm not, I'm not the sort of language doctor. I'm not the body language doctor. I'm a language doctor, but not a body language doctor. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't, I'm, I'm, I don't put a lot of stock into like appearance. I will say that what I've seen of the team, they've seen very focused. Um, I think this is a game that Georgia wins comfortably. I think that it will be tight and there will be moments where they threaten but I think that we pull away in the third and fourth quarter. And I know that might sound like it's on repeat, but that is what this team is built to do. Yeah. And you, and you kind of have, it, you know, Kirby Smart has kind of built in some redundancies into this team. So fail safes in the sense that when you are very deep at running back and very deep at offensive line, you just know you can do that a hundred percent of the time. Right. And so like, I think that part of what makes me feel good about this game is the fact that, I think we're just going to be able to run the ball and I don't really see their defensive line getting a lot of push. I, I, it's hard for me to see, you know, Jake, Thrum, Jake Fromm hasn't thrown an interception since the LSU game. And you know, he might not in this game either. And I'm not saying he's going to have like some six touchdown performance, but I just see this being kind of a steady vintage 2018 Georgia uh, game where it feels kind of close. And then we blow, I think it might be sort of the Kentucky game really tight. Yeah, They've got yeah. a lot of talent, but over the course of the game, we just sort of just suck the air out of the room. And yeah, certainly some people might tell you that that's boring, but I think there's a certain, there's, there's kind of a, a beauty in it, to it. And the same way there's a beauty to watching a guy who's really good at knocking down concrete walls with a jet, with a uh, sledgehammer. There is a beauty to what George, the way George <laughs> football as well. <laughs> if we can, if we can do WPA murals that are like 30 foot tall of like a man making a bridge, we can say that Georgia football is beautiful. Um, but you know, it. and, and um, that, that, that's kind of my lean. I mean, 
I think Georgia's kind of at this place right now where talent wise, when we are not playing Alabama or Clemson, we should be expected to win. Yeah. And it doesn't mean we can't win because, you know, the way bowl games are, sometimes teams just don't show up. I have a hard time seeing that happen to a Kirby Smart coach team, but it has happened to it happened to a team that Kirby Smart did coach in 2009 or no, 2011. Uh, I forget what year. There was a year where they didn't get into the national championship and they ended up going to, it was going to BCSR. They ended up going to the Sugar Bowl against Utah and just got torn up. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but that to me is Texas's path to victory. Texas has to jump on Georgia early and get them out of their comfort zone. If, if Georgia can dictate the way this game is played, they're going to sew it up. It's all kind of over, but the shouting, you know, the, the question is just, you know, what's the final score going to be all over with the crying. But if Texas can come out, get to them uh, an explosive player to get, you know, we'll jump for a little, little Jordan Humphreys moving, you know, they, they like to do a lot of motion with him and put him in the slot and get him on these like deep crossing routes. If they hit one of those, have a big Sam Ellinger run, get up seven, hit a big field goal, get up 10. You know, that's going to put some pressure on Georgia. And then I think that's their path to victory is that they have to, they have to press Georgia in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see this being a game where Texas really has the punches to just trade blows with Georgia. I hate to, I, I hate to use the boxing metaphor, but like Texas needs to play like rope a dope. Like you, <laughs> Texas cannot stand, Texas can't stand in front of Georgia and just like, trade blows because they don't, that's not the way they're built. They're a very talented team, but they're not, they're not at Georgia's level talent wise right now. Um, you know, I, another thing I think we'll see is I think we're just going to see, I think we're going to see a lot of the playbook. Cause I, I don't know if there's a reason to, you know, I don't know if there's a reason not to right now. And I also think that we're going to see some new players that we haven't seen a lot of. And, you know, maybe not in, Anyway, that's spectacular that, you know, I'm not saying there's going to be like some breakout player from this wide receiver that's going to red shirt, but you know, a lot of the, a lot of guys on the, a lot of guys on the roster have three games played and are just going to take a red shirt. So I, I expect to see a lot of, a lot of players play. And, you know, I think my ultimate feel on bowl games is, um, they don't really mean anything. No, not at all. So have fun. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I hope it's a fun game. I hope there are no injuries and, here's what we can take away from a win and a loss. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pre-record this segment. And if we win or lose, then you can just come back to this and th- just assume that this is my takeaway tomorrow. <laughs> if, we win, if we win, it's very good that the seniors got sent out on a win. Um, I liked how much the seniors contributed. I think this has been a very important class to UJ's development and really the class that maybe they didn't see the promised land, but I think this is the Moses class where they got to glimpse it and, you know, everybody else is going to get the promised land before they do, you know? Um, I'm, I was also very happy to see the uh, contributions from the freshmen. And, but, you know, ultimately next year's team is next year's team. And we'll see what happens. If we lost, it sucks for the seniors. I'm sorry that they had to go out with a bad taste in their mouth. They're a very important class to this team. Or, uh, you know, they were kind of the Moses class and then they never got into the promised land, but they really were important to us. And ultimately, I thought the freshmen played well, but next year's team is next year's team. <laughs> That's all you take away from this game. It's literally changed like we will copy and paste that. To yeah. The future yeah. Exactly. Bowl games. Exactly. I mean, that's what, that's what Williams are for. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, when Auburn like beats the crap out of Iowa State or Florida beats the crap out of Michigan, that that's not important recruiting wise or important to the psyche of the team or important to like fan, you know, the fan base, the boosters. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter in that way. I'm just saying we can't take that to mean that Florida and Auburn are going to meet in the SEC championship and then have a rematch in the national championship next year. Yeah. One very good Nick game does not a season make. And we don't, we, you don't, you shouldn't fall into the trap either way. If we lose to Texas, it's because they're a good team and they caught a snapping mm-hmm. probably, or there probably. was a weird injury. If we, if we beat Texas, they were a good team, but we came prepared and we were ultimately more talented. 
That's what it means right now. It doesn't mean anything for next season except for the players that we see that are going to play next season. Yep. Do you have a score prediction? Yeah, I can see this. Like I said, I see this being a game that in the second quarter is maybe a four to seven point game UGA. And by in the third quarter, either a defensive score or just like a very slow methodical strangling takes place and UGA gets up <laughs> 10, 15 points. I don't know that UGA is going to cover the S&P plus spread. The current Vegas spread, I think, is 11 and a half. And I think, I think it's right around 13. Yeah, 11 and a half or 13. At 11 and a half, I'd probably take UGA. At 13, I might take Texas. I think it's right there at about 12. I think this is probably... I think my score for prediction for this game is be something like... Oh... 24, 38, something like that. Mm-hmm. 38, 24. They're, they're too good. Like we're, we're probably not going to shut this team out. I also simultaneously, I don't know that they're going to be able to stop our rushing attack. I think that this might be a team where you can, we can just run up the middle for three or four yards a lot of the time. Yep. 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 That, I, I pretty much feel the exact same way. Just like what you said. I mean, this isn't a team that's going to be able to stop our run game. I think that we're, that we're going to, probably move the ball around a lot uh, through the air. Jake Fromm's going to have a lot of play time. I think Justin Fields might have a lot of play time. We can talk about that in just a second, too. Um, we're just going to try a lot of weird stuff, a lot of weird stuff that we didn't really get to try a lot in game time during the year. This is the time to do it. And yeah. uh, I, I do think that there will be some weaknesses on the defense. And so I think Texas will get some, but I think overall they're going to wear out. They're not going to be able to stand up to our defense the whole game. And I think yeah. most of the second half will probably be p- played in garbage time. So I'm seeing something like a 38-20 Georgia game. Yeah, I, I, that sounds about right to me. I think, you know, I don't want to... If I didn't think that we had to worry about this team, I'd tell you. I'm not telling you that you need to go in there 100% confident tomorrow, but I would feel good. I would rather be us than them right now. Oh, 100%. All right. So you want to talk about players leaving and Justin Fields and people declaring for the draft and such? Yeah. uh, Have you heard anything about the defensive coordinator situation? I mean, do you know who's going to be filling in? What might be happening? What's going on? Dan Lanning Lanning was the guy, the outside linebackers guy, uh, coach was the one who showed up for the uh, Sugar Bowl media availability. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, what I have heard, although like I don't have sources, this is not me reporting. This is just people. A lot of people said this out there is that um, it looks like Dan Lanning and Glenn Schumann both may be in line for one of those like co DC uh, promotions. I, you know, I've heard Glenn Schumann's name. Glenn Schumann is sort of Kirby Smart's Kirby Smart. And I think it makes a lot of sense. But I think, you know, Kirby Smart kind of can get who he wants. I've also heard Derek Ansley who is a very good recruiter and he's a former uh, DB coach for the, uh, for Alabama. And now he's the DB coach for the Raiders right now, which, you know, that's not going super well. So um, <laughs> I think that you're going to see sort of something similar to what we saw last year, where maybe we bring in someone from the outside, but either Lanning or Schumann or both are going to get like uh, basically promotion and title. Because I think both of those guys are sort of the future of the program and Kirby, th- Kirby knows it. Yeah, I still think that the I think that if you were taking Lanning, Lanning, Lanning and Schumann versus the field, I think you'd take Lanning and Schumann just because I think those two dudes are. I mean, you know, Glenn Schumann was a grad assistant at Alabama, and as a grad assistant, was one of the people who put together the defensive game plan every week, and that means a lot. <laughs> well, a, a, fan, a fan saw my shirt. The Sousaphones got their shirt this year and they copied the Tom Crean shirt from Stegmania that said Athens versus all y'all. And it says Sousaphones versus all y'all with the red Georgia in the center of it. And the lady saw my shirt and <laughs> wanted to know where she could get one. And I was like, oh, there are only like 30 of these. You can't. Um, That's funny. Uh, let's see. Where were we? What were we talking about? Oh, Derek Ansley. I think, you know, of the field, Derek Ansley is a name that I've heard a lot and sort of just makes a lot of sense. I mean, he was a, 
he's one of those like Tosh Dupoy sort of like shark recruiters who would make a lot of sense because I think you might get, I, I think the Georgia job might be a good enough job that we might, you could probably get someone like Ansley, even if you weren't going to make him defensive coordinator, just as a DB's coach. Ooh. So I think that's where we are. I think you, you can get a very good coach just to take a, cause I think a move from DB coach at another, at a worse college or even a bad NFL team is maybe not a lateral move. If you're coming to this, this team. No. Because your talent relative to the rest of the people you're playing at UGA, you have a much bigger talent gap uh, versus an NFL team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next piece is Justin Fields. What do you expect to see out of that situation now that he is in the portal and people are talking about it? I don't know, man. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, yeah, good luck to the kid. And, and, and I, this is not sour grapes. Like, I genuinely like, I think just feels a great guy. Everything I've heard about him is that he's the kind of guy who does things the right way and he's very thoughtful and smart and seems like the team's really supporting him. So if we can kind of re-recruit him, I'm happy. And if he feels like that he needs to go somewhere else, you know, that's part of the business, man. I mean, I, I want him to do what's best for him and I don't really have a read on it. I, if I was betting, I would say he probably goes. Yeah. But you can't count out Kirby Smart in situations like this because now he's putting his recruiting pants back on and he's pretty good at that. Now, I have heard that Justin feels a little dissatisfied with his role this year. I don't know if that's, you know, I won't go to the practices, so we don't know if that's earned in practice or we don't know where that comes from. But there's been some chirps, you know, on social media and stuff that he doesn't like what he, what's happening. So who knows? I mean, I think it's probably like 35, 65, 65 being he leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we have two committed players at quarterback this year. Um, for 2019, that probably has less to do with Justin Fields and more to do with the fact that you want to have more than two scholarship quarterbacks. Um, we've got a guy from Hawaii. Well, we have three right now. We have a guy from Hawaii. We have John Plumley, who is um, uh, from Mississippi, uh, sort of a dual threat guy. And then we've got uh, Stetson Bennett coming back into the fold as a quarterback. And which I is am exciting. so excited about that. He's got three more years of eligibility. About the Stetson, the Stetson Bennett experience. <laughs> it's a whole experience. Stetson Bennett is 100% going to just tear the hell up at G-Day next year. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you he will have like three touchdowns and like 100 rushing yards at GJ. It's going to be dumb. He's also going to do the thing where he comes in in garbage time and just absolutely lights the hell out of like MTSU or something. He's going to just score like 30 points by himself against MTSU. I I promise you. Yeah. Um, But so, I mean, I don't know, man. I'd say I lean he goes, but then... I don't feel bad about it. I wish he would stay, obviously. Yeah. I think he's a generational talent, but I understand why he would leave. Um, I think for the next couple of years, we're good with Jake Fromm and you can kind of just try to get the next, uh, try to get the next Justin Fields, you know? Yeah. And it seems like, and, you know, selfishly, even though this probably shouldn't be the rule, but selfishly, I don't feel too bad about it because he can't go in the SEC. And the places he's talking about going are not play people who would play us anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not going to be the end of the world. It really is. Everybody's been... I, I feel like people are just kind of doing the UGA thing and saying like, why us? Why? Why did this have to happen to us? I'm like, eh, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> if you're a UGA fan, don't, don't buy into that, man. Because that's why we get... If you think you're snake bitten, you are snake bitten. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, exactly. don't don't play into that. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think we're going to be okay. It's going to be all right if he stays yeah. or if he goes. Um, yeah. yeah, that's uh, pretty much all I got. Do you have any other parting wisdom or parting notes that you would like to share? Any scoops? No. Uh, uh, not really anything. Um, it's been fun. It's, you know, 
Yeah, uh, I'll say this for New Orleans. It is the people watching capital of the world. Oh, yes. I, uh, just, you know, I'm not in a position in my life or with my job where I'm really like getting too crazy down here or anything. But just going out, being sober in New Orleans is crazy. Being sober in New Orleans <laughs> is almost as crazy as being drunk in New Orleans because just you just you're just wide eyed stupid the whole time. Just like, oh, my God, it was I like this at 19. What is happening? Just lots of lots of like fraternity and it's like mini millage in the French Quarter right now. Wow! Um, but you know, it's been a fun time. We had some really good Cajun food. Uh, we had to, I just had some beignets. I'm finishing a Cap Newmont coffee right now, so it's been a fun time. Awesome. Well, get it, dude. I hope you have a great time. And I will, yeah. uh, until we see you and everybody else after the game in the Classic City, go dogs. Go dogs.